It's the number one show in sport, and it's coming at you live from Arizona. Super Bowl 57. Bellis got it in. Touchdown, Philadelphia. And Mahomes steps up, throws to the back. Touchdown, Marquez Valdez. Broadcast right around Australia and New Zealand through SEN, SENZ and the SEN app. Welcome to Super Bowl 57. From the Valley of the Sun, hello and welcome to Super Bowl 57, the biggest day in American sport and it is fair to say it has an Australian flavour like never before. It has been, it's been the most remarkable week here in Phoenix. Kevin Durant was signed by the Suns, the NBA team here, and this morning his merchandise became available. There was a huge queue at the front of the basketball stadium to get hold of the Durant singlet. Yesterday, there was a quarter of a million people at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. It was like Flemington on steroids. It had nothing in common with golf that I'd ever seen before, but the 16th, the stadium hole... It's iconic in world sport for a very good reason. And today, all attention turns to the Super Bowl at a stadium that has hosted the event twice before in a state that sees its fourth Super Bowl. State Farm Stadium is the venue for the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. And there are two Australian stories, the perfect blend from a football perspective about to play out before us. Jordan Mailotta... He is a significant part of the best offensive line in the NFL. He's been a, a performer on the masked singer. He is a much-loved figure here, and he has been well-recognised in the past fortnight at home. He brings the NRL background, while Aaron Sipos brings his AFL days when he hoped to be part of a grand final for St Kilda. He is going to beat the punter for the Philadelphia Eagles after a pretty anxious couple of weeks to win his place back in the lineup. So two Australians with a chance to become the first to play in a Super Bowl winning team. They are numbers three and four in Australia's heritage in America's great game. Jared Waitley with you in our broadcast booth. The man who lit the way, he was the first to play in a Super Bowl. It was number 43. It was in Tampa Bay. It was in 2009. And he was playing for the Arizona Cardinals. So this this stadium is something of a homecoming. Ben Graham, welcome. Hello, Jared. Thank you for having me again. It's certainly coming back to Phoenix. It de- did relive all those memories with the family. But to come back to the stadium where I played 20-odd games for the Cardinals, including the NFC Championship game against the Eagles to get to Super Bowl 43. It was great to be down on the field earlier, but great to be up in the booth calling the game with you and Larry Fitzgerald Sr. once again. We have a truly special guest with us. So it, it, the whole week has been, is Aaron Sipos going to play? And then we got word at the golf yesterday that he was going to. And we've been watching him. We're watching him right now go through some of his practice. Imagine watching your big brother out on the field preparing for a Super Bowl. Tom Sipos, welcome to SEN's broadcast of the Super Bowl. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's an honour to be here, really. You're, you're wearing your Sipos jersey, number yeah. eight for the Eagles. Yeah, wow. it's, uh, it's pretty special, to be to be absolutely honest with you. Um, 
the guys work so hard to be here and uh, to be here with, with him, sorry, to, uh, to watch this game is, uh, yeah, it's special. I mean, there's no other word to describe it, really. How how emotional do you feel about it? Oh, uh, uh, crazy. I've done a couple interviews the past couple of days and uh, I did one back in Melbourne, I think it was maybe last Monday and oh, I was nearly in tears just talking about the guy because... You know, he's, he's worked so hard. I mean, he's gone through a lot even before he came to the NFL and, uh, you know, the injuries for St Kilda. It's, just, it's great to see him finally getting some, some sort of reward for it. It's perfect. Now, Tom, they tell me that you jumped on a flight not knowing if he was going to play or not. He found out while you are on the plane. So when you landed, you got the news. How did that feel? Yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome. I mean, I, f- I flew over with some sort of hope. I mean, we, we'd spoken and, you know, he, he pretty much said, like, you can come over, nothing certain at the moment but I mean to get that news yesterday while well, we were at the golf too actually was, was amazing and you know I spoke to him this morning and obviously the nerves are there but you know he's been preparing for a long time to get into this game and to get that word yesterday just topped it all off so hopefully we can get the job done today and you know it makes it even better all the hard work he's put in and yeah go birds <laughs> go, go birds is it how how has he absorbed the I mean there has to be a level of anxiety to well am I going to play or not yeah yeah obviously uh, with Kern obviously taking over his spot for that seven weeks um, yeah it was I, I guess it was probably back and forth I don't know too much about how the process was going but you can only assume it was pretty back and forth at that time of who was going to play I mean obviously they, they'd won the first two games in the playoffs and um they, maybe they just wanted to go to the same team, but like we didn't know. So, yeah, I'm not too sure how the process went with how it all worked out, but it's obviously a great result for us and the family and all the fans back home that are following this game. So who's here? Who's in his corner other than the whole country today? <laughs> uh, we've got his wife, Rachel, um, his sister-in-law, Camille, and her boyfriend, Dean. And then we've got Rosie and Martin, who are his in-laws. And then me. Yep. <laughs> Obviously. Yep. <laughs> um, have you seen him play uh, many games? Um, yeah, it, that's that's what's really funny. Actually, this is my first NFL game. Right. So right. it's uh, it's pretty special. I probably can't beat another game going going like during the regular season. Uh, I've watched him play when he was at uh, Auburn. I watched him play in the Iron Bowl, which is also a huge game too. Yep. Uh, so yeah, not a lot of games. A lot of games on TV at home, but other than that, um, yeah, not no NFL games. This is the first. You're in for a big day, oh, then. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. It's, it's incredible. This, The atmosphere outside the tailgate was, uh, yeah, next level. The Eagles chant going around, the fight song. It's, it's. I, I can't even compare it to an AFL Grand Final. It's it's crazy. It's absolutely mental here. I love it. And Jordan Malata, great to have two Aussies in the same change room. Oh, Aaron absolutely. Got a good relationship with Yeah, with he Jordan. does. He does. I guess, obviously, the Aussie factor, they get along really well. I mean, he's a absolute man mountain so he's actually 25 so same age as me and he makes me look like a 12 year old so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they have a really good relationship he loves being around him um, obviously yeah the Australian factor is huge for him they can you know they get each other you know a lot of the Americans don't understand like some of our slang and lingo and all that so it's good when you have been asked to encapsulate Aaron's journey to get to to get to this, the biggest annual sporting event on the calendar, so you've had a little bit of time to sort of think about it. What what strikes you as the most remarkable aspect of, of what he's been able to endure and overcome to be here? Well, the perseverance. Um, that's huge. I mean, there was many times where he probably could have just given up and, you know, just sat at home, really. I mean, even when he did that ankle injury against the Giants, you know, he, he could have definitely just 
oh well, I'm done for the year, and you got a second opinion, a third opinion. Now, like we can get this up and go, and you know, he's just been rehabbing it, doing it non-stop for the past seven weeks to get to this point. I mean, his perseverance is incredible. Yeah. Well, like, I mean. In my experience in my Super Bowl, that was a strange year. But for Aaron, this has been a strange couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah, because, definitely. Because, you know, when he declared himself fit and it became an organisation decision, you know, I guess you're sitting back looking at how Brett Kern was punting. Yeah. So to have that weight, that anxiety, it is the fact that he's been able to front up today mentally sound, physically sound and ready to put his best foot forward is a credit to him and the family. Yeah, he well, must be so proud. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Being able to watch him since I was 12 years old be a professional athlete, it's uh, it's otherworldly really. I mean, so, like I've described in the Herald Sun as like heroic because yeah, he's not obviously a national hero or that, but to me, especially me, he's, he's a hero. Just being able to do all this and uh, yeah, you know, just something that not many people get to do besides yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear the emotion in your voice, yeah, mate. Yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's hard watching him. To be fair, I mean, not hard because I love it so much, but it's it's hard because it is obviously an emotional roller coaster at the moment. So, yeah, it's I didn't think he'd be here, especially five years ago when he hadn't even gone to Auburn yet. So. Yeah, I'm sorry, Ross. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. So, footy in the backyard, there's five years between you, so it was never fair, I'm sure, and I don't imagine it was ever with an American footballer. No, nah, oh, plenty of tears, that's for sure. He just beat me into the ground, I guess. He uh, never really gave me a chance to win anything, so, um, yeah, I, I mean, definitely wasn't American football, always an AFL, obviously. Um, it was great to always have kick to kick with him, so... I mean, look what he's doing as we're speaking right now. He's just launching the ball, so that was always me backing off over my head to try to catch the thing. <laughs> well, a beautiful thing, when we first walked into the stadium, Aaron's picture and name and number was on the big screen, and we looked down, and here he was bouncing the American football like an Aussie rules football. It just it was fantastic to see. It's yeah. good omens. Yeah, exactly. Well, I reckon in that play with uh, in New York when he when he did the injury, I reckon you could actually see him about to take a bounce with the American <laughs> football. Oh, there's a little snapshot of it. He looks like he's about to take a bounce, run and bounce with it. Um, I don't think it's actually I've seen this much talk about a punter in a game ever. The build-up to it is all about the punter, so it's good. It's really good. Well, we know how important we are to the result <laughs> yeah, of the game absolutely. and the battle of that field position. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we can go a little underrated, yeah. Tom, but not this week. Right. Not at all. What no. do you reckon the next few hours has in store, Tom? Oh, it's a, that's a tough question, mate. Um, hopefully a good game at least. But let's hope in the last quarter we're, uh, we're well and truly up and I'm on my way to get on that field and let's celebrate a Super Bowl win and then, yeah, uh, let's pray. Go Birds, as I keep saying. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, it's great of you to come up and join us in our broadcast booth. We've got the Australian flag out. It's, it means a lot to an awful lot of people and no more than the family. So no worry, guys. Good of you to really share appreciate it with us. Thank you for having me. Really good appreciate it. Tom Sipos, who sets it up, he's the younger brother of Aaron Sipos. We are here in the broadcast booth at State Farm Stadium. The broadcast is right across Australia and New Zealand via our SEN sports stations and the SEN app. Our apparel sponsor for Super Bowl 57 is Ringers Western, where it's the paddock or the pub. Ringers Western has always got you covered. Ringersweston.com. Pat McAfee coming up next. You're listening to NFL on SEN. Live from Arizona, this is Super Bowl 57. 
The iconic moment of Super Bowl 52. It was the first time the Eagles had tasted success. And the man who made that strip sack, Brandon Graham, is one of the, the five remaining players. So in five years, all bar five have turned over. And all the coaching staff has gone as well. So the Eagles have been an aggressive organisation to get back to a Super Bowl. They confront Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. We're still watching Aaron Sipos go through the motions at the moment. I imagine, Bet, for you, this, um, this stirs the emotions as well. Well, it certainly does. And watching how he's warming up is just brilliant. He's actually kicking the ball really well, which is something I was interested to watch, being his first game since December the 11th. And he's doing everything right. He's spiraling the ball well to the sidelines. He's pinning them deep with his drop punt and he's holding well for Jake Elliott, the kicker. So I'm sure those nerves will start to relax as it gets closer to the game. But look at that. That is a beautiful drop punt that's got Devonta Smith catching it on the seven yard line. Yeah. He could do that all day and win that battle of field position for the Eagles. And he's got a nice rhythm to him given all that he's lived through over the past couple of months and indeed the past couple of weeks. And Jordan Mailata, who's such a big part of this offensive line, is Kevin Burkhardt, who's the man calling the game for Fox Sports, thinks it's one of the, the greatest stories in league history, his five-year journey that, that sees him here. Well, I, I, there was a moment on the field about 20 minutes ago when, when both Australians were out there, and as, uh, as numbers three and four, it was quite an image to behold. Well, I was lucky enough to be on the sideline near the Eagles' tunnel when the players were coming out, and I've got to say, Jordan Mailata got the biggest cheer yep. from the Eagles fans. Now, the Eagles fans right now are outnumbering the Chiefs fans three to one. They've got that Eagles catch cry that Tom spoke about, which has got a presence around the concourse. But to see Jordan on the field go through his routine, take off his flip-flops, walk the field in his bare feet, see his offensive linemen, and, you know, it's, it's the routine that he would have had all year. You remember, he started at the Eagles and spent the first two years essentially on IR and on the practice squad. He has come a long, long way, and he's offensive line coach John Stoutland has done a remarkable job. That relationship has been critical to his development. But the fact that as Kevin Burkhardt said, he is so important to this team. The offensive line of the Eagles is critical to their success today and it's just fantastic that he's taken that journey through the international pathway and hopefully and we know that the, one of the top priorities of the NFL is to grow the game internationally. And one of those ways is to continue to promote the talent that Australia has got to offer. It's pumping inside State Farm Stadium as, uh, as it really does ahead of any sporting event. There's an hour and 17 minutes till kickoff. Uh, we've had a lot of fun this week, Ben. Uh, we, we did set ourselves a little challenge, or I might have set you a little challenge. Pat McAfee was the biggest presence at Radio Row. He had stage number one, and whenever you walked into the room, his his setup was the first burst of energy that you ran into. Now, you go back with Pat, don't you, to his punting days? Well, we see the Pat McAfee today with his fan jewel and the big presence that he's got on social media, and even wrestling. But I know the Pat McAfee that I know, I used to punt against him out there. And the first time I really had interaction with him was he was over on my end watching me warm up, kicking the drop punt. And he was so intrigued by how I dropped the ball, he got on his knees and he wanted to see close up 
how that looked. His special teams coach yelled at him to get back at the other end of the field. So, I mean, I'll stay humble, Jared, but he has said that I did teach him how to drop, <laughs> kick the drop punt. So when I see him, uh, he, he does respond. He comes over. He comes off his booth. We do have a chat. And he was so, uh, I'm going to say, grateful with his time uh, that he gave to us. But it did take a little bit of effort. All right. So what I really wanted to be able to play for you this Monday morning back home was a bit of punter to punter. <laughs> ben Graham and Pat McAfee. The number one stage here at Radio Row where the big energy comes from is the Pat McAfee Show. Pat, it's great to have you on Australian Radio, SEM. That's incredibly kind of you to say. There's a lot of great juices around this Radio Row and Media Row, including the living legend Grom here, man. I am excited to be chatting with you guys. Obviously, I have a great affinity for the country. I mean, scared to death it'll kill you, but everything that comes from it, every human that comes from it, I seemingly love. So thank you so much for having me here. Tell me, the kinship between punters, what's between you two? So I actually asked him whenever I was a young man, about the end of her end kick and one of my first questions was how f- how do you know how far to hit it like how do you control yeah. how far you hit it and he told me like I've been doing it since I was a kid like basically fell off and figure it out and uh, I did obviously living legend in the game and you were very kind to me so always oh, have been appreciate that and you've grown your empire no end you're going well mate I'm proud of you. Very proud Appreciate of you. Appreciate that, a young man. man. You come a long way. But you do love the AFL. You follow it? Yeah, we followed it. So it was the last sport that was being played whenever the COVID world stoppage happened. And I was watching at like 3 a.m. It was a live sport happening. And I was like, damn, what is this? And then I learned quickly that it's not rugby. I learned Aussie rules is obviously very different uh, than rugby, although that was what every punt was being described as, was a rugby punt, rugby punt, rugby punt. Turns out it was always an Aussie rules punt. Turns out Aussie Rules is the game that I was probably supposed to play as a child. Uh, I fell in love with it. And obviously the timing is impossible to keep up with the season. But the sport is something that is immaculate and I'm a big fan of. And that night that Buddy Franklin kicked his thousandths goal and everyone swamped the field. Banana land. Yeah, it was awesome. That type of clip is something that, you know, I think showcases how passionate the Aussies are about Aussie Rules football too. I think that's what we learned. Because... um, uh, Coxie, Mason, Mason Cox, Mason Cox. Cox. yeah, That's Coxzilla, right. the first American to really be a guy, yeah. right? First American to be a guy. I know there's been other Americans, but he's become, he has some speckies, doesn't he? I mean, he's a, he's a big-time player. Getting a chance to chat with him and then learn about the passion of the league and the history of the league, and then you see that moment where everybody go apeshit. It is, uh, it's a cool sport. I think more Americans should know about it, and I think they ultimately will at some point. Pat, your show has revolutionized media. I love what you've done, uh, the Aaron Rodgers interviews. It's like you've annoyed the hell out of everybody else. Do you get the sense? Yeah, I mean, these people probably hated me a long time too. So, I mean, everybody's been very nice to our faces, obviously. Uh, But, yeah, we're just a bunch of dudes talking about sports. You know, we try to enjoy ourselves. We are so dumb. And uh, we never try to really get into anything. We just kind of want to have a good conversation, have people escape for a little bit. And we've been able to do it, and we've been very lucky that people listen. And when they don't, we'll be completely understanding. We understand uh, our time has come and gone for some people, but we're just trying to enjoy the whole thing, man. And people definitely hate us. There's some people that don't, <laughs> don't like us. Now I appreciate you stopping by. You too. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Pat McAfee with us uh, a couple of days ago at Radio Row. It was a funny little interaction, but and even since then, you know, we talked about people hating him, sitting down with his mates, having so much fun. Aaron, Brett Favre has just sued him and wants to take his name off all YouTube and social media interactions with Banjul. So he 
but that's what keeps him going. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. It was a good chat. He's a, he is a remarkable figure in the evolution of media over here, that's for sure. Uh, where in the world is Blanksy? It's a game I like to play. Brad Blanks is here with us <laughs> yeah, in the booth at the Super Bowl. Uh, Jared, Hello, Blanksy. Ben, great to see you guys. Just wonderful to be here. And one year on from last year's great uh, broadcast you guys did, and this is exceptional again, isn't it? You know, it's like a, looking at a different landscape as you look out your broadcast booth. This is a different type of stadium again, and different to last year's and different to previous years for you. Jared, it's it's just uh, magnificent, isn't it? And Phoenix has been uh, quite remarkable over the past few days. Yeah, yeah. I was watching the uh, broad, uh, like the local news television broadcast last night at six o'clock, and they did eight different crosses into parties throughout Phoenix, spread out. I mean, this town at about six p.m. last night. Oh, we got a roar in the crowd. Oh, here come the Chiefs. Come the, oh, it's a partisan Eagles crowd. But you, just to think, in this city last night at six p.m. was jumping. There must have been a quarter of a million people partying at the one time at dinner time last night, Saturday night in Phoenix. And that's to say nothing of what was going on at the golf yesterday. Oh my goodness, that golf was one of the uh, bucket list experience to go into the 16th uh, hole. I, I lined up with my son. We lined up for a very long time. Uh, four and a half hours and my son said, Dad, I found a gap. Let's go in. And we, I went in behind him and we snuck in and got in a good spot. And uh, what happens inside that venue is exceptional. Well, at times, I mean, we went there yesterday with Jared and <laughs> We didn't know if it was a nightclub, a I concert, I a prom. I, a prom. Prom's probably the big word because what is going on in that place is wild. Yeah, I've never seen a spread of wardrobe yeah. at a sporting event quite like it. Yep. So there was everything from men wearing overalls who shouldn't have been yep. to women wearing negligees who shouldn't have been in public. It was like the old blue light discos we used to go to. That's what I was, that's what I was sort of It was an eye-opening experience, I yeah. must say. But <laughs> you could still tell the golfing enthusiasts because they were there yeah. sitting in the one spot yeah, all right. day watching all the groups come yeah. through. But that party yeah. hole, that's 16, oh that 16, that was goodness. something special. And I love the attire of the golf bros. It's just a golf, golf, uh, you know, a beautiful college shirt. That's all they wear. Yeah, but it was a great day. Yeah. But what about this here today? It's going to be, I'm, I'm very excited by Rihanna, of course, the game, but the halftime show. Well, here we go. We've Here's got the Eagles. The Eagles. I said three to one. The fans in the way of the Eagles. It might be five to one. That's right. Yeah, Eagles they, fans, and they're already they're quite passionate Eagles fans, and they're quite have a little bit of anger about yep. them when they're. The game hasn't started and there's guys yelling at each other and as you're walking through there's a bit of argy-bargy just to go to the bathroom and get on. Like, this is good. This is like being at a football game in Philadelphia. So what do we get at halftime with yeah, Rihanna? Yeah, so I always like to figure out what the first song's going to be. I, I had to go through her playlist. Like, Umbrella, of course, the bookies have put out. Is she going to hold an umbrella in her hand as she's out there performing Umbrella? SOS is the big song. And, of course, uh, We Found Love is the one Ben Graham's going to be punching the air at halftime show. So it's going to be... Uh, Fantastic to see her out there. It's going to light up the stadium. you got to remember, this is the stadium that's had plenty of magic moments, haven't it? Oh, David yeah. Tyree, Malcolm Butler, some of the great Super Bowls. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen at the end of this game if we get that close, exciting moment. Blanks, it's great to see you. Jared, great to see you. Great. Good, good luck, Ben. Enjoy well, the day with your son. Yeah, thanks, mate. Awesome. All right, we are in State Farm Stadium here in Phoenix, looking ahead to Super Bowl 57. Both teams out doing their warm-ups now. They are suited up, and that's, uh, that was the, the explosion and the roars and the boos that you heard from the terraces, which start to feel now about... I reckon they're about half full. There's no rush to get in here because of the parties that 
are all going on outside and we are keeping half an eye on the, the golf where we were yesterday. So Scotty Scheffler is 18 under through 15 at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He's one shot in front of Nick Taylor. Jason Day is tied for fifth at 12 under. Let's check in with the newsroom. We are in the countdown mode to the Super Bowl as the teams warm up down below us. Larry Fitzgerald Sr. is going to join us shortly. Ben played in a Super Bowl with Larry Fitzgerald Jr. So there's this lovely football circle of life that's about to be completed before us. I'm going to share an interview with you with Kevin Harlan, who a lot of you will know as the voice of the NBA. And he calls Super Bowls for Westwood One. So he's the national radio setup. We uh, we sat down a few hours ago and we both got to the stadium before we headed to our respective booths. I had the pleasure of meeting Kevin earlier in the season and sitting with him at, uh, at a Monday night football game in San Francisco. So he will share the magnitude of Super Bowls past, the build-up to this and his family heritage in the game as well. Our apparel partner for Super Bowl 57 is Ringers Western. Whether it's the paddock or the pub, Ringers Western has always got you covered. Ringerswestern.com Bucks trailing three to nothing. Brady in the shotgun, takes the snap, fakes the handoff, uses it well, Gronkowski! It's written in the stars! Brady to Gronkowski for the first touchdown of Super Bowl 55, and it comes in Bucks colours. That's a moment of folklore right there. A shared heritage between two of the greats of the Patriots, and they transpose it on the biggest stage of all. They are an iconic pairing, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. There is another iconic pairing who are building a record that might, by the end of tonight's rival, and that is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, a quarterback and a tight end who have combined in, in a magical manner through recent years. And in all that's changed for Mahomes, Kelsey's presence is just so calming for him. Two, two touchdowns today, and they would draw alongside Brady and Gronkowski in, in the postseason records. And their connection goes far beyond the game plan and the playbook because they're able to almost make it up on the run. They've got this unique ability to understand what each other is doing. And when you look at these two teams with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Isaiah Pacheco on offense, they're the They've been built through free agency in the trade period with most of their other players coming in, whereas the Chiefs have been built through the draft. Only A.J. Brown this year being traded in from the Tennessee Titans. But remember when Jalen Hurts was drafted 53rd overall in 2020, the kickback that the Eagles fans gave the Eagles because they thought it was a wrong pick, but I guess we could pick the eyes out of the draft. Patrick Mahomes was the 10th pick overall in 2017, and teams like the Chicago Bears, who had a pick prior to that, missing out on someone that's building such a wonderful leg legacy at such a young age. Jared Waitley and Ben Graham in our broadcast booth. We are behind the Chiefs' end zone with the most spectacular view straight down the ground. Side on, fronting the coverage for national radio here in America is Kevin Harlan. I, I could give you a, a, a long introduction, but you'll know the voice the moment that you hear it. We had the chance to sit down in prospect of Super Bowl 57. 
Kevin Harlan, it's a great honour to have you on SEN Radio in Australia. It's great to be here with you, and we go back here. We saw each other early in the season, and now we're meeting here at Super Bowl 57, so it's great to see you, and I know you're going to give the Australians a great broadcast today of the Super Bowl 57. What number Super Bowl would this be for you? This is my 13th consecutive on national radio. I've done 14 overall, did one for TV back in the early 2000s. And it never gets old. In fact, it gets better, I think, year by year. It's the one event that you really circle on your calendar, not just because it is the biggest sporting event in this country, but from a broadcaster standpoint like yourself and, and me, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you, you really, when you look back, you're going to appreciate it even more. But getting ready for it, knowing the enormity of it, and all the people listening back in your country and, of course, here, uh, that's, a, that's a challenge. And I know we both enjoy the challenge. When you were a youngster, what was Super Bowl Sunday to you? Well, my dad was in football for many years. He, he ran the Green Bay Packers for uh, over 30 years. And so I was raised in a football family. And uh, this day was about as holy a day, aside from Christmas, that our family enjoyed. We loved, we loved the Super Bowl. I had only been to a couple before I actually started broadcasting them when the Packers were in them. And I um, uh, have just come to really uh, enjoy the rhythm of the season leading to this day. Uh, but it began when I was probably seven, eight years old. In fact, the very first Super Bowl, the reason why I got into broadcasting, was the person that narrated the very first Super Bowl for NFL Films was a guy by the name of John Facenda. And he had the voice of God. It was a voice that would just boom. Um, but it, it, it literally, it was, it was one in a generational voice. And um, when I heard him narrate Super Bowl I between Kansas City and Green Bay, it wasn't the game that caught my attention as much as it was his voice and delivery. That's when I knew I wanted to get into broadcasting. I was about seven, eight, nine years old and would practice in my room. But because of his voice, doing the NFL, doing the Super Bowl, uh, that, that was my hook. And then, of course, I fell in love with the game uh, after. And, and it's, it's the most enjoyable, funnest, most uh, satisfying thing that I do in my calendar. When you're in broadcasting and the dream of calling a Super Bowl. Can you recall when that materialized for you and what the lead up to your first was like? Well, uh, you know, you, you don't know until you actually do it and, and you're the same way. So until you've actually done a game of that uh, enormous importance, uh, you really don't know how you're going to react. But I did get some pretty good advice along the way and say the, the game is still a football game. I mean, don't get dazzled and seduced by all the bells and whistles and celebrities and, and, and the enormity of what is around the game. At the end of the day, it is, it is just a game. And that is something that I've always tried to tell myself. So when they're playing our national anthem and when there's all the pageantry before the game and I've got that headset on, I, I first say a little prayer of thanks that I'm in that position. Second, I think of all the people that have been in that chair, worn that headset and broadcast this big game to, to millions and millions of people. Um, and then I think, all right, it's only a game. I, I, I've just done 35 of them. I can do this 36th game right here because I do two a week. Uh, I, I think I'm ready to go. And so that calms me down a little bit. And once we get going, I kind of lose myself in the game and I'm ready to go. There are moments that instantly become iconic in, in Super Bowls. What are the ones that most readily come to mind? If you, if you close your eyes, what lives in your imagination? Well, they all are special. I, I, I have little bits and pieces of each, like a big puzzle, a big, um, a big picture in front. And as you try to bring all these different pieces together, there have been a couple that I think have resonated most uh, when uh, Russell Wilson in Seattle driving downfield and he throws a pass inside the five-yard line when he could have run the ball in and won the 
Super Bowl, he throws a short pass, and the Patriots picked it off. Uh, Malcolm Butler, a rookie free agent from an obscure little school, intercepted that, and he became the biggest name in the NFL that day. And and uh, from that point on, that is what he has, you know, been been recognized as as a Super Bowl hero. Um, when Brady and the Patriots were down 28 to three late in the third quarter against Atlanta, and they came back and won. I mean, that was incredible. Uh, growing up as in the Packer family. Uh, when the, my first Super Bowl on, on Westwood One Radio here in the States was of Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers playing Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers in, um, in, in Texas, and um, that was a win for the Packers. And my dad had, had uh, okayed uh, the drafting of Rodgers as he had okayed the trade for Brett Favre. He had hired both general managers and both head coaches from the 90s and from the, from the team that won in, in Texas on that day against Pittsburgh. So that meant a lot to see him up there on the podium and enjoying the fruits of his labor, but to know that I had called a Super Bowl and involved the team I grew up with, and that was pretty special. And then finally, I was the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs on radio for nine years, and they won their first Super Bowl a couple years ago in Miami against the 49ers. They trailed most of the game and then came back in the fourth quarter with about eight minutes, seven minutes left and, and turned the tables completely around, flipped the game, and won it. And uh, having called the Chiefs for all those years, I was hired by Lamar Hunt, uh, who the AFC Championship Trophy is named after. The Chiefs played in the first Super Bowl, but they had not won a Super Bowl in 50 years until that win. And uh, it, uh, as I said on the broadcast, a lifetime. And it was. 50 years is, is a long time. So that was a thrill. So those are just a couple of the games that really stand out for me. It's such a beautiful heritage you have in the sport. How are you feeling about this year's matchup? It looks perfectly set. It looks just great, doesn't it? We've got the t- This is the way it should have been. We've got the two number one seeds, both 14-win teams, um, two highly celebrated quarterbacks. One is the MVP. One was the runner-up. Um, we, we, we've got uh, uh, great football tradition in both towns. Uh, the fan base of both just, just lives and dies by everything each team does. So the, the attendance and the emotion in the building today will be immense. Um, so I, I look forward to those kinds of things. And and uh, I, I do think it's, it's so evenly matched. I don't know how anybody can predict it. I really don't. Because Philadelphia is the best first-half team in the NFL, and the Chiefs are the best come-from-behind team in the NFL, and everything in between will have a definite play in the outcome. So uh, I can't wait. Uh, both quarterbacks a little bit nicked up. That kind of evens the playing surface there. Uh, but I think we're in for a marvelous, marvelous game. I listen to a lot of Westwood One. I listen and study your broadcasts, Kevin. What's the charm of radio for you? I uh, grew up wanting to be in radio. I fell asleep as a kid listening to the great broadcasters here in the United States. And for me, the radio announcers, cadence, uh, diction, word choice, reporting skills, emotional conveyance, like all these things help paint that picture. And, And they say that your imagination is the strongest emotion you have. So if you can create what is going on in the field through your emotion and through your words to someone who's driving or, or at home and doesn't have the benefit of a television in front of them, uh, and you can paint that picture, it can have, I think, more impact than if you saw it with your own eyes. Sometimes you see it and it doesn't really resonate. I mean, wow, what a great play. But on radio, you're living it. You're, you're literally hanging on to the broadcaster's every word. And I love that challenge of trying to come up with the right words and the right emotion and the right passion exuding through the airwaves. 
Uh, we have people that listen overseas for our troops, our men and women overseas serving our military. We have, uh, you know, millions of people here in the United States that listen, and, and people around the world that will, will tune in. So, so the, 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 uh, the responsibility is enormous. Um, but to be in that seat and to have that challenge and to try to do the – and pulling on everything I know about what I've learned in the business um, it becomes an incredibly satisfying day. Your voice is so familiar to a lot of us in Australia through the NBA as well. Oh. This week, the all-time points scoring record was broken by LeBron James. How did you feel in that moment as it happened? Well, it was, uh, it was great if you're a basketball fan because – the NBA, and nothing against any other league in, in any other part of the, of the globe, but the NBA is recognized as the number one league. And LeBron James is arguably as big a name as this league has ever had. Um, the world knows him. Um, in my personal opinion, I probably enjoyed Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant more just because of the theatrical, circus-like uh, incredibly animated way they played the game, the leaping, the spinning, the, all the different things they do. James, whereas they may have been acrobats, uh, LeBron James is like a rhinoceros, and he is a guy that will bulldoze and power his way to points. Every bit is, is elegant with his uh, slams and everything else, with his shot and his fadeaway, uh, but clearly uh, when, a, when a record stands for 39 years, you just wonder, Will it ever be broken? Well, I can tell you, I think James is going to play for another three, four years. That record is going to be far beyond 40,000 points. I don't see anybody breaking that. That will be, I think, unattainable. All right, let's finish, Kevin. As you'll head to your booth, I'll head to mine. What makes for a perfect Super Bowl Sunday in your mind? Well, uh, we come down to the last possession or two, uh, a game evenly played, uh, great individual performances. I love X Factors. I also love uh, a player that maybe no one has written about or talked about all week who comes in like the Malcolm Butler play, right, for New England. No one talked about him. He was an afterthought on defense, and he comes in on that play and captures the game for, for New England. So um, uh, the, the, you, it has many tentacles, um, but I think the, the NFL rarely lets us down. Uh, I don't think it's going to let us down this afternoon. I think this game is going to meet every expectation we both have for the broadcast and for the game. Very kind, very generous of your time. Kevin, you have the voice of God. That, that's, that's my <laughs> view. So the, good luck with uh, the way the day unfolds. What an honour to be on with you. Thank you so much. I'm glad we've become friends through football. That's, that's, uh, that's a real nice way to think of it. And uh, good luck on your broadcast too, to the millions that will be listening in your country. Kevin Harlan, who will call the game on Westwood One this afternoon. We are counting down to Super Bowl 57 here in Phoenix. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Our apparel sponsor is Ringers Western. Whether it's the paddock or the pub, Ringers Western has always got you covered. Ringersweston.com. Mahomes in the shotgun, takes the snap, fears right, throws beautifully. Williams with the catch, reaching for the pylon. Touchdown! Touchdown, Chiefs! It's the stuff of legend. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, his exploits in Super Bowl 54. He was the MVP. Came back a year later, lost to Tom Brady. This is three and four years. He is the league's MVP. And so much of the fate of this game will rest in his clutches. Time to get an odds update with Neds. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858.
Hello punters, it's James Coglin from Neds and I'm here with your latest odds for Super Bowl 57. The market has been pretty steady for the last two weeks. Philadelphia is a slight favourite at $1.78 to claim their second Super Bowl title in franchise history. Kansas City is back in the big game for the third time in four years and are at $2.05 head-to-head and the line is still at Philadelphia minus one and a half. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey is the favourite in the anytime touchdown market at $1.67 and as a preferred target of Patrick Mahomes, he should see plenty of passes thrown his way. Don't forget that the Ned Same Game Multi is available on the Super Bowl and you can pump up your odds by combining selections from some of your favourite markets. My suggested Same Game Multi is backing a Philadelphia win with Miles Sanders and AJ Brown as anytime touchdown scorers for a combined price of $5.17. That's it from me today. Take the Super Bowl to the Ned's level and always remember to gamble responsibly. Thanks, James. Make your betting, take your betting to the Neds level and download the fully loaded Neds app today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. It is one of the features of this Super Bowl, Ben Graham. These two teams are so evenly matched that they have both scored the exact same number of points across the duration of this season. League high, nothing between them. So... There's there's an element of flip of the coin, whichever way you fancy. Yes, and some people will say that the Eagles have had the softer draw of the two. The two losses obviously coming without Jalen Hurts, but they have been one of the better offences, and mainly because of the running game. We've seen over the playoffs, Jalen Hurts has only completed 15 and 16 passes, where Patrick Mahomes has been up at the 22 and 29 mark. We know the Eagles have got a better running game, but they've both got... Really, really good offences, number one and three in the NFL this year. Can't wait to hear you and Larry Fitzgerald set this all up for us. We are inside State Farm Stadium in Phoenix. Super Bowl 57 coming up. The builder after the news. A broadcast today across Australia and New Zealand via our SEN sports stations and the SEN app. The first of the fireworks have shut off into the afternoon sky. It is clear blue. It's a desert Super Bowl and the weather has certainly played its role. A top of 25 degrees today, it'll, it'll cool off. It's such an interesting stadium. It, it all but has a roof, Ben Graham. You played so much football here. It's the way it encroaches on the sides and at both ends. There's, there's the smallest square above that's exposed and it, the whole seating bowl is, is entirely covered. It's really only the field that's exposed to the elements. Well, and generally it is open most of the year given the weather has been so great and the weather has been turned on this week it actually turns cold and wet from tomorrow the ability to roll the field out from underneath the stadium so it can continue to grow in what is this beautiful weather in the desert but it's a beautiful stadium it may not be state of the art like SoFi Stadium was last year but it certainly is a beautiful stadium and one that As a player, you love playing in because it is open air right now. It is a grass field, but no elements to have to deal with, especially as a punter and from a quarterback's perspective as well. So the field on the rollers, this is if you're a Melbourne sports fan, you'll recall when Dockland was was built, there was, for years, just the trouble with trying to grow the grass. And one of the international solutions which couldn't be enacted in Melbourne because there was no space, was to roll the field out from inside the stadium to outside. And this was actually the stadium that was first with that technology. And I saw it in action during the week. It is it, it is quite astounding. You, you just watch on rollers as the whole 
field, leaves the stadium and then sits in an adjoining, what, paddock? Well, it, it is actually built as a bowl outside, so when the field is rolled under by the 501 horsepower little wheels, <laughs> you can use the stadium for other things, concerts, uh, dirt bikes, wrestling, but when the field is in its position, outside becomes the players' car park, the coaches where you tailgate after the game, a really secure lot. So it is... This land used to be owned by the defensive coordinator's family when I played for the yep. Cardinals. So now it was all farmland. Now we've got State Farm Stadium. We've got the big shopping centre and the hotels and the movie theatres. So it, Glendale really has become another hub because Phoenix is quite spread out. We've had the downtown of the convention centre. We've got Old Town Scottsdale. The Eagles stayed down at Chandler. And, of course, we are here out at Glendale. So it is a wonderful stadium, and they've done such a great job. And Phoenix itself just hosts the Super Bowl so well, as you know. So Old Town Scottsdale, it's just worth a moment or two. So we, we sort of came straight into downtown, and that's where the, the major setup was. But the ESPN setup was at Old Town. So I just imagined Old Town. Oh, so that was probably the old geographic centre, and then they really developed the, the, the downtown area, the CBD. And then you took me there yesterday, and it's not that far removed from Sovereign Hill, where all the vestiges look like they're from the 1800s with modern shops inside. And the people and what they're selling, it is. <laughs> it does throw you back that this is the wild, wild west. <laughs> and they've done such a great job with the hubs, with the bars, with what ESPN has done in that main street strip. But... It's only a mile away that you have the fashion centre of Scottsdale where you've got your Louis Vuittons and, you know, your high-class shopping centre. But it is such an amazing city to live here for three years as a family to enjoy what Phoenix has to offer. Because what they say is that nobody's really born in Phoenix. Everyone comes here from somewhere else. And during the hottest part of summer, they will go somewhere north to get out of the heat, but for 10 months of the year, the weather is absolutely perfect. Scott Scheffler has, here in Phoenix, won the Phoenix Open by two shots from Nick Taylor. So 19 under to 17 under. Jason Day tied for fifth at 12 under. It will vault Scheffler back to the world at number one. And that set up yesterday, Dak Prescott, who was awarded the Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, is copping the wrath of the Philly fans. <laughs> so, like, this is one of the great honours in football, but the Philly fans, they're parochial to a fault. And, and let's just take a moment to respect the NFC East. They were the worst division in football last year. They had three teams in the divisional round. But yes, the Eagles fans today, they, I, I know they would respect Dak Prescott and what he's done to be awarded the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. But yes, as a great rival, they booze galore here at State Farm Stadium. It's So I got told that 23% of tickets have been sold in, to Philadelphia and 7% of tickets have been sold to Kansas City. So this is an overwhelming... Eagles crowd in terms of what is partisan. And if you look around though, there is a lot of red but the Eagles fans are full of voice. Just walking around the concourse, it only takes one fan to yell out E! And they all in sync, they synchronise in the E-A-G-L-E-S chant. It is 
uh, a, yes, pro-Eagles crowd today. And it has that dynamic is whenever they walk past each other, they go, go birds! <laughs> so there was a lot of them at the golf yesterday. We're going to clear our last commitment now and have the full build-up as the two teams enter the arena. America the Beautiful, the national anthem, and kickoff is pending. Super Bowl 57 here in Phoenix. Our apparel partner is Ringers Western. Whether it's the paddock or the pub, Ringers Western has always got you covered. Ringersweston.com.